Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Film Pigs podcast. I'm your host this month. Uh, I'm Todd Anderson. Uh, this is a, a special bacon episode uh, because the holidays got in our way and we couldn't all three get together. So it's just it's me. It's like a pandemic and holidays. The, it's a, it's an impossible schedule. Yeah, it's impossible. There's a pandemic and holidays uh, and uh, various other things that cause problems uh, that make it hard for three grown men to get together and record a podcast. Mostly laziness and inattentiveness and... Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, uh, so uh, in the spirit of content... (laughs) Gotta have content, people. (laughs) In the spirit of content... We are here. Is there, it's like, is, has that word kind of just lost all, like, content? Is it become, like, the most meaningless word now? After, just with, like, like, because like, everything, like, content, like, internet content is, like, it's all, like, like, I'm ranking these things for no reason articles. <laughs> and here's ten things you absolutely need to know about this movie that are common knowledge that everyone's known for years yeah. that you don't you already either already know or don't care about. Content has no meaning. And 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 millions of people live in terrible fear of that content and those lists being canceled. Oh yeah, you can't have you can't cancel my content. Which is which is another dumb word. Cancel yeah. and culture cancel and content. And content. And it's all these c words <laughs> have no meaning anymore. Cancel culture content is the name of my new band. That's it. Cancel culture content. Cancel culture content. It's like a culture club uh, cover band. Yeah, we just do culture club yeah. song. I'm Boy George. Thank you. Uh, anyway, so uh, we're doing an episode of the Bacon. Uh, it's Steve Skelton. Hello. And me, and uh, and we're doing this uh, bacon. Um, and I came up with the um, main topic, but before we do the main topic, um, we thought we'd discuss some things we've seen lately. Oh, is that what we thought we were going to do? Isn't that what we talked about? I don't, I don't remember. I'm like a scotch and a half in. We've been drinking a lot of scotch, and we uh, came up with the concept for the show uh, an hour and a half ago. Uh, and then drank a lot of scotch, and now we're doing the show. The watchword is haphazard. <laughs> anyway, we'll start. It's two segments. Okay. This bacon episode wow, has two, two segments. segments. The first is the segment you often hear in our other lazy version of the podcast. Uh, what's that one called? Is that the, or you, you mean like a what have you seen lately? Yeah, what have you seen lately is the segment, but what's the other version the of the podcast? No. No, you don't have to do any of that. It's a oh, bacon. Oh, good. But, you know, we have these two segments. But, right. And one of them is borrowed from... What have you the, seen lately? One of the versions of our podcast. Not right. The, not the big one, but the newer one. Oh, God. But what are you asking? What's the name of the newer version of our podcast? Oh, you had oh, names oh, for them. oh, oh, uh, uh, the pig picture. That's it. Jesus. Was that so hard? Yes, it was extremely difficult. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, we were talking before, and what have you seen lately is what we're going to start with, uh, because we've seen two. And we're going to talk, of course, about Marvel films, because that's all there is. There aren't any other kinds of movies anymore. No, right? that's all there is. Um, so we we both have 
scene two do separately. We did not see these together. No, 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 no. But we both seen them. I saw them with my family. One I saw in the theater. The other one I saw. On, I I saw on them the alone because I have no family and I'm will will die alone. Do you see? <clears throat> do you see either of them in the theater? I did not actually. Ah, okay. So if you do die alone watching a Marvel movie, it'll it, be on my couch. It'll be in your couch, which doesn't it doesn't sound so bad. Actually, that's kind of how I want to go. I mean. Wouldn't you rather die? Would you if rather I gotta, die? If I got a choice, if I had to make a choice. Uh huh. But if the arc light was back, if it came right. back, well, it is back. Oh, it is back. Well, it didn't like Regal or somebody buy the shirt, the Sherman Oaks. Well, they, yeah, but it's but it's not an arc light anymore. Well, no, yeah, not an arc light. But, but I mean, if the arc light came back, specifically it was the arc light, light. pre pandemic nostalgic right. arc light right. that we all oh god, the, the, how could they close the Hollywood it? one or the Sherman Oaks? One? Which one was your favorite? Well, the Hollywood one, because that's got the Cinerama Dome, is there. Wasn't there one at the Americana or something, too? I, I don't there know. There was a, another I think arc so. light at somewhere. Or maybe at the Galleria. I don't know. No, Whatever. the Sherman Oaks Gallerias were the other arc. The, the closest one to me. I'm, I mean, the uh, not the Galleria. That's the, the one we the, would us- we usually go to. We'd what's the place to. that's not the Americana, but it's next to the Farmer's Market? In, oh, shit. Uh, uh, the, I don't remember. I don't remember. Mall, you're, the, this, you're, the, you're killing the pace of the, the show. Galleria. You're not the Galleria. The, no, that's Sherman Oaks. What the hell is it called? Oh, my God. Wow. Dead Space. Now, good. <laughs> really good show so far. Well done. Well done. <laughs> anyway, uh, we went on for that for a while, but would you rather die on your couch or in Arclight, regardless of the location? Well, okay. That's a, actually a very interesting question because... Initially, I think, okay, I'd like to die on my couch because at least I'm laying on my couch and I like naps. Um, So it would feel appropriate to have the final nap on my couch. However, Uh um, just the thinking about the sheer uh, pandemonium I would cause dying in a movie theater. Mm hmm makes me almost want to do that instead. But would it cause pandemonium? I mean, like, it, like you're dying in the arc light the same way you die on your couch. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's, it's a well, okay, non-event. That, well, okay, okay, then that oh, that brings up an interesting People question. People won't notice your dad. How, how do I die? Am I just casually drifting off into uh, the hereafter? As, yeah, as, yeah. That as, was or, the... or is there some kind of, like, a big event where, you know, I put on a show... Because I'm convulsing, or there's some sort of like you know blood coming out of my eyes, or a Donnie Darko yeah, situation. That's yeah. that's an imp- that's an important thing to know. You're right. That would factor into my decision. You're right. I apologize. So the hypothetical is about you know the perfect death. It's 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 the death that you see in the movies, like the way Yoda dies. Or the mystics in Dark Crystal. You know, the, you just basically you get all sparkly and your blanket just. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna actually say the movie theater because I don't want to hassle my landlady. <laughs> There's no, it's not romanticism about going to the movies. It's just she's. It's sweet. not that it's your happiest. Yeah, place. she's sweet, and I don't want her to have to hassle with my body. <laughs> You'd rather the minimum wage workers. <laughs> I'd rather the, 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 the disinterested teenagers <laughs> go, another dead asshole. All right, I call the manager. <laughs> All right. I'm glad we answered that question. So uh, you've seen uh, 
these two Marvel, one's called Venom. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Let There Be Carnage, and the other is called is, uh, Shang, uh, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Of the Legend of the Ten they Rings. All, they both have long titles. Yes, and one is 90 minutes, and the other is two hours Is much, much longer. Minutes. Yeah. Um, let's start with... Let's start with Shang-Chi. Let's yeah, start I with, like, the, start the, with the, the, the mainstream Marvel Cinematic The Disney universe, Marvel. The Disney one. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I really, really liked the first act of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really liked, uh, the, uh, fight scene on the bus, the, that, mm-hmm. that first kind of set piece. Yeah, it was fine where he's and, figuring out that yeah. he could, or, uh, well, he knew, he, he, knew, knew, he knew, but he he's knew. like revealing, but it's it. a, yeah, the reveal. It's a fun, his, yeah. it's a fun, and, uh, comedic too. It and a yeah, there, yeah, it, no, there's like a good style to it that is kind of fun. So it kind of, it kind of fits in kind of with the tone of Spider-Man and the other MCU kind of more lighter, uh, heroes, uh, that, you know, yeah. Uh, that are a lot of fun, but uh, and but then you know the second half of the movie is all CG. It becomes all like the standard kind of like let's fight the giant CG monster, and the kung fu all vanishes. Mm-hmm. And I was really hoping for a more you know I was expecting you know some CG because it's Marvel. You know you you have no choice, um, but I was hoping for a movie that was more along the lines of that kind of first set piece that you know was centered on the physicality of the of the kung fu with some cg fantastical comic book elements thrown in you know a balanced night i i thought the 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 bus fight scene did a nice balance of that yeah and then but then by the time you got into act three it was just the giant flying dragon and and you know shooting the the wrist pogs at uh the flying dragon and there was no kung fu you know, right. there was no martial arts. There was none of that stuff that it was like it. That's the thing that kind of m- makes the character unique, because in the comic book, the you know, the original comic book is Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu is mm-hmm. the full title. So that's what kind of sets his character apart from other heroes. Uh, you know, I mean, there's Iron Fist. There's other, you know. Also, but, you always say that what makes a good, one of these good comic book movies is sort of a genre mashup. Mm-hmm. Where you take the comic book yeah. movie and you take a classic structure yeah. or a Western or a, or a horror movie or whatever. Yeah. And you mash it up with the IP and then you have an entertaining movie. And that's what was promising about the first act the of this movie. The first act, yeah. They were, they, like, oh, they, were, they, were, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were skirting that line. If they the do, act. if they do just a classic Kung Fu movie as a mm-hmm. Marvel movie, then we're going to have a lot of fun. But you're right in that ultimately they half-assed that. Now I will say that, uh, uh, it, the, I did like the villain a lot. Sure. Um, because I thought he was one of the more well-drawn villains. As yeah, I mean, as the, the, the dad, actors but, were fun in this yeah, movie. No, I everybody, the yeah, no, everybody. acting was yeah. very fun. No, good cast, and, you know, and, yeah, I think if, yeah, I just think the, the, the problem was, is, it is you know, in the back half of the movie, it focused away from kung fu and martial arts and, you know, the core of that character and and focused on the, the, the fantastical elements. Uh, and the CGI elements. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, we've seen that in how many Marvel movies up to this point, you know, we're just going to see it again. How many times are we going to go to this? Well, uh, uh, until, until there's some, you know, uh, you know, the kind of like the, the, the light bulb is going to go off and go, Hey, let's change things up. 
Marvel, the truth is Marvel needs more Punishers and more Hawkeyes. More Daredevils. They need to reboot Daredevil again. Yeah, yeah, more uh, non-supernatural heroes. Well, the, yeah, the heroes that, that are that are either only human or uh, their powers are just slightly better than human and not fantastical. Because here's the other thing that, that is that I, I think ultimately is a misstep with uh, Shang-Chi is in the, uh, in the, in the movie the, and this is the comic book nerd kind of taking over right now for a second to, uh, unpack the, the history of, of the stuff. Uh, the people at home, I am seeing this takeover happen visually in front of me. It's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, the, like the 10 rings and the whole idea of like the, the 10 rings terrorist organization and, and, uh, Shang-Chi's dad being the Mandarin that from the comic books, that's a Iron Man bad guy. Um, and Iron Man three kind of put the twist on it with Ben Kingsley, who's back in, uh, Shang-Chi. Right. Right. Who's, I, and I thought that was, I, I think he's fun. So I was happy to see him. again. It was fun, but it was, it was also a little funny. too much. It was also funny. Like it's one of those things, like the way that the fast and the furious franchise has built its entire mythology based on what, after the original three was considered the worst and the least successful yeah. of the films. Um, and it's just weird to have this like kind of funny footnote, jokey callback character from the Iron Man that everybody was like, no, that one sucked. Yeah. I, I, I didn't hate it actually. It was also myself. probably because Ben Kingsley was contracted for another picture. Yeah. I had to show from up. Iron Man so three. Like, so I was like, well, we gotta, it's, it's, it's either we give him something to do or we just pay him. We're we're throwing, uh, and it's uh, Ben Kingsley, so we got to find something for him to we're do. We're throwing people of color a bone, so we also have to throw Ben Kingsley a bone. <laughs> oh. So, well, there was like that was a huge thing about the marketing of this movie that irritated me, like this whole thing about this movie's so important because it's given this voice to Asian American actors, right? Like it became so much well, of it. So much of the initial marketing was about that. Yeah, but and 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 it's like, well, yeah, but slow down. Let's wait until we have this great movie that you can say that about. Otherwise, you're just throwing a yeah. No, but but it but, just feels no, it but, feels cheap. No, it but, feels like a no, cheap but marketing Todd, point. No, but Todd, I don't think it was isn't it wasn't even necessarily the marketing point. It was also just kind of the cultural response because whether the movie's good or not, it's still an aberration to have That's this true. kind of movie with an Asian American lead or an Asian lead and, and a, and a, and a predominantly large Asian cast and, to, to have this kind of, you know, essentially, you know, a character that's putting them on the same level as, you know, Captain America and Spider-Man and Iron Man, who are all white dudes. So, so I think regardless of I, whether I, I the movie's agree. any just... good or not, that's... <laughs> An, it's an important, it's an important thing. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not saying it's not important. It's just that the, the way the marketing leaned on that so much and the PR and all that stuff oh, and the yeah, way that that's, I heard more about that than I did about what the movie was even about before it. So this sort of cultural, this is an important cultural movie. I'm not saying it's not. It's an important movie I mean, for our I, culture I, I, and what, what it's doing. I mean, I just don't know what you have well, against. It's uh, just, it's this guilt trip towards <laughs> liberals, like white liberals. You got to go see this movie. And and I'm not saying that's, 
not okay and it's not important, but that's the only people like you're you're saying this and the white supremacists you know aren't gonna turn out for it. That's fine, but you know what? But like, you know, a lot of white liberals are so performative anyway. I'm okay with tricking them. Uh, well, sure, guilting them into going Fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm good sure, with that. That's sure. fine. Yeah, you know, because you know, right. you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, a, a large portion of white liberals actually hate the homeless and people who aren't white anyway. So, yeah, trick them. That's fine. That's fine. I'm okay yeah, with that. Sure, sure. <clears throat> anyway, the Ten Rings. Uh, in the comic books, the Mandarin had uh, these Ten Rings that were actual literal. They weren't like bracelets. They weren't arm bracelets. They're actual rings. And they had weird, different, stupid powers like cold powers and heat powers. Oh, so they stuff. weren't bracelets. They weren't bracelets, right? And uh, and uh, uh, Shang Chi in the original comic book, he was just master of kung fu. He didn't have the rings. He didn't have superpowers. Right. So I think a mistake that this movie's made was uh, in the in the conception of it was they kind of got wrapped up in the. Uh, in it's kind of interesting because it's kind of a parallel problem with comic books as you know as as comic books and superheroes stick around for a long time they tend to get more powerful and they tend to get more overpowered until they get to a point where you're like okay we got to reboot them because they're too powerful and then you and then you restart the the, the series right, and, right. and and ground them again and, and restart the storytelling and, and this kind of mythological cycle goes again and i think that's kind of what we're seeing with the mcu right now is that you know i i i think a, a misstep a misstep that was made with with shang chi was the decision that oh if he's just really superhumanly awesome at kung fu that's not enough we have to give him some sort of superpower, so he's got to get these rings. Right. And I, I think... So why'd they make him hmm. bracelets instead of rings? Because the rings are... Because in the comic, they were all like rings that had... Each one had a very specific power, which then you'd have to explain oh, and blah, blah. Oh, so oh. I understand. And, and cinematically, it's like they're tiny. Rings are tiny and bracelets are bigger. They're easier to see. Sure, sure. And then you can, and, and, and you can launch them and stuff. So I, like visually, the ten rings, changing them from ring, actual rings to bracelets makes a bit of sense. And also I mean, Peter changing Jackson, the power set from really each one has a specific thing that you have to go into and explain as opposed to just being, yeah, there's this big set of things. That well, Peter stuff. Jackson did do a good job of making the But that was one ring. The finger ring. One ring. Well. There are ten. So if if there's ten, you ha- they have to be bracelets. There are ten, but there are ten rings, but in the comic books, each ring had a very specific different power. Right, so you don't have time for that in the movie. Yeah, in the movie, we don't have time to explain all these different So you've got to make them bigger. Right. So it and, seems like and then they have a lot we make of them bigger so you can see them and then we consolidate how they work, the power of how they work. Yeah. yeah. So we don't have to explain it. So that's that. So but I, I think that was for me that was uh uh the misstep of the movie in general, the conceptualization of translating the character from comic book to screen mm-hmm. was I think I think it's this it's this in the at, at Marvel, they were like, "Oh, but he won't be powerful enough if he's just really good at kung fu. We got to give him something." So you know, because he's got, he's got to fight Kang next with the Avengers. So you know how he's got to have something that's going to stand up to that. And it's like they're trying to think too many steps ahead and then overpowering him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we're going to start to see, I think, in the movies more of the characters get more and more overpowered. 
And then they're going to have to like, oh, right, now we got to like reboot. That's why the street level characters are more interesting. So you get your Spider-Mans or your uh, Hawkeyes or your uh, uh, your Daredevil. Uh, and so uh, Moon what, Knight is what, what's coming up. What uh, is it about – do you think that the, the concept of actually making a martial arts movie – Yeah. Uh, without so much supernatural mumbo-jumbo was like as far as the brand, as far as – you know, Disney protecting its IP. It, that was unfathomable. They can't just make a simple Kung Fu action movie. I think they were worried about doing that as a tentpole MCU picture. Right. Right. I think they were worried about, but what if we don't have the CGI spectacle? Mm-hmm. Is that going to play? Are we going to make a billion dollars off of you, that kind isn't of Isn't there, like, isn't there any lesson to take from... <laughs> like Jet Li's filmography and how you can make like an epic oh, kung yeah. fu movie no, I, 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 uh, I, with I, lots of fucking CGI I, I, and have it be like, no, but, but I shit. But I think there is, but I think, like I said, I think where the MCU is right now is they're in that stage that, that comic books have been cycled through many times is that, you know, they are locked into the current version of the type of story they're telling, which is requiring them to power up characters more and more spectacularly until they're going to reach a saturation point where the audience is going to be like, I don't really give a shit about this anymore. Right. And then they're going to have to reset. Well, so I, I just don't think, so it, I don't think they've realized it's it specific though. What you're saying is it's specific to the Disney Marvel universe that you have to have at least your third act have this supernatural presence. It's not just about, I don't think, I don't think it's, it's not just about epic battles. It's I, about, I, I don't think presence. that's unique to, to uh, Disney Marvel comic book movies. I think that's kind of any comic book movie now. Sure. Look at anything. Look at look at the well, except the Punisher movies, I guess. Well, no, but I meant now. No, now, yeah. No, not twenty years ago. I mean, yeah, I guess you know, you're right. now, because because you don't really make a uh, uh, load of mid budget superhero movies anymore. They're tent poles or they're prestige TV but shows. But all I'm saying is like you could have had with this movie, you could have had the epic uh battle sequence at, at, at the third act without there being supernatural. You could have had an rings. epic third act actual kung fu wirework uh style battle between Shang-Chi and his father. What's the movie uh, is is he called Red Cliff? What's the movie where there's this just awesome battle and it's about uh, getting enough arrows into the side of a ship that you'll capsize it, like make it too heavy. Oh, that sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know what it is. Oh, man. But all I'm saying is like that was simple. Yeah. And there was a lot of CGI in that yeah. sequence, but it was set in a period. I, I'm no. pretty sure it's called Red Cliff and there's two movies. But anyway, like that battle sequence like is so memorable to me from, I don't know, 15 years ago now. And I'm like, what 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 scares you about that? Yeah. It's not supernatural. It's clever. No, but, that's a, but that's what I'm saying is I think it's I, I think it's it's and it's understandable because, you know, Marvel has spent a decade building a very specific formula for their tentpole movies that has worked. Right. It makes money. So there's no reason to stop doing it that way. Until no, I, it stops making money, and so, but, but I, but I think in the case of this particular character, it hasn't served the character well. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, that being said, 
I still, uh, I still, I still liked the entire cast. Um, and so, you know, I'd be happy to, I'd, I'd see another one. Um, yeah, I'll but, wa- there was but, but enough. I would, but I would yeah. hope that they would be able to kind of look at the first one and go, you know what? We need more grounded, uh, martial arts. Right. Because that's, that, that's a core element of the character that was just gone in act three. It, it had, it had no purpose. Like his, his specific skill set was not required to uh, win Act Three. Yeah, the the narrative in the story also sort of like abandoned the interesting elements of Chinese culture, and I'm I'm actually Chinese cinematic culture that this movie was, yeah yeah was called uh, you know was uh, aping is the wrong word, but paying homage to yeah. on a lot of levels. But I I don't feel like the narrative ultimately served the culture the way. The marketing, yeah, no, uh, no, it did. It what it didn't. It didn't feel confident enough to. It was embrace not. It. Yeah, it was not what Black Panther was yeah. for yeah. Amer- uh, African yeah. culture that, that this said it would be, and I yeah. guess that's what I was talking about in the marketing. So I guess part of my disappointment is I didn't get the kung fu movie I was hoping for. Yeah, no, I, I didn't either. Um, and yeah, and and it was yeah because it was not uh uh paying enough attention to its source material and embracing it and trusting uh, and trusting it. Now I think we should move on to a movie that also didn't really pay attention to its source material <laughs> or necessarily embrace it, but it didn't matter because it there's was no a, culture. a glorious mess. There's, and there's no culture. There's no, there's, there's no nothing, culture that it's weighted down with nothing, having to pay homage it, to. It's pure, it's just pure neutral entertainment. <laughs> Unless Tom Hardy is somehow a culture. <laughs> if cancel can be, I don't know why Hardy wouldn't be and as well. Of course, we're speaking of Venom. Let there be carnage. Let there be. Let there let let there let let there be. Let there be. Let there let there be. Let there be. Carnage. Let let there be. There be carnage. Carnage. All right, that's it. That's it. I think we got it. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Let there be carnage. This movie makes no sense. But it's also only about 90 minutes, so I enjoyed it. So who cares? Yeah, exactly. Did you like it more than the first one? I think I did. Because, yeah, I, you know what? Actually, I did. Because here's the thing. Um, it actually makes less sense than the first mm-hmm. one. But uh, I don't really rem- I remember the third act of the first one being something about a rocket launch. But I also remember it being kind of tedious mm-hmm. and not like holding my attention. So mm-hmm. I don't remember what's going on. And I remember the first, the third act of this new one of essentially ending and me being like, wait, what? Oh, wait, it's over. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I guess that it, it does have that going for it. It, do, it does not overstay its welcome. No, it doesn't. I, I, I think I was initially, I saw this one in the theater because Colby's a big Venom uh, fan um, and he likes the first one. I didn't like the first one either, but I did. What I liked about the first one was very simply Thomas Hardy. And I know, you know, he can be a bit divisive with people, but I like Thomas Hardy. Uh, I like Tom Hardy when he's doing weird voices. And in the Venom movies, you get him doing two weird voices for the price of one. And he's also doing the Tom Hardy version of, in a lot of ways, he's, 
you know, Steve Martin in all of me, you know, he's like, and that's like a classic, like trope of comedy movies is have someone trapped, you know, in, in, in somebody else's body or, or Arnold Schwarzenegger is pregnant or whatever. And Tom Hardy's like the good guy, the guy who has to hassle Venom, Eddie Brock, his, his Eddie Brock is very much like those or like, like, uh, uh, Jim Carrey's, uh, uh, emasculated oh, yeah, yeah. guy like a, mask in mask. Kind of guy, yeah. yeah. That's what he's doing, and I think he he does it very well. It it, it might have been better in a uh, a comedy film, uh, like a pure comedy film. I think I think yeah. Uh, you know what? That's the, funny. Maybe, I think maybe his... this interpretation of Venom. I think if they would have gone more dark comedy, might have been better. Yeah. Well, and just in general, I think maybe. You know, we're talking like about sheer we're absurdity. talking about actors being underserved by Marvel movies, and like maybe Tom Hardy's underserved by Venom in that he's doing a very good performance uh, that should have been in a better. Yeah, movie. but but also if you consider it, like the Venom movies are the Sony produced movies, and uh, for a Sony Marvel movie, the these Venoms are outstanding. <laughs> That's a good. That's a solid point. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. Yeah, because Sony's never been able to uh, land uh, post Raimi. They've never been able to land uh, uh, Spider Man universe movies. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, well, wait, wait. Did Sony produce the the cartoon or not Into the Spider Verse? I don't know. That would be the major exception because did that, they not do the McGuire movies? The Sam Raimi ones? No, the Raimi ones. Yeah, that's yeah. why I said it's since the Sam Raimi ones. They, they didn't do the amazing they, ones? Yeah, the, Sony produced the amazing spider Oh, so they've done, the, they've the, done Yeah, all the Garfield them. ones, yeah. But since Sam Raimi, they haven't been able to land. And Sam Raimi only landed two of them. Right, right, the right. Three. Right. Yeah. So, mm. uh, yeah, so, yeah, Sony's been, you know, trying for 20 years to make a successful Spider-Man movie and have not... And, and that's it. why they have to keep uh, that's why they have to go back to Marvel. Yeah, and yeah. they keep distributing uh, straight to video. And they and they and they were smart to do it. There's actually you know the if you look up the history of uh, Amy Pascal and uh, and Feige and uh, and how Spider, it's actually a really interesting kind of almost heartbreaking story on the on the production side. I'll Cause bet because it's, it's not for Sony not wanting to make or not trying their best to right. make good Spider-Man movies, but they're just not, they, they weren't do getting it, it done. The, but, but is there a chapter in that uh, story about how they, the, the company itself had to lean on straight to video, Steven Seagal movies to make up for their Spider-Man failures. <laughs> and you can't make enough of those. Yeah. Uh, and the fact is, is cause those cost that's nothing. A, that's a dark road to have to go down. <laughs> In fact, is it is not the name? Isn't that the title of one of the uh, Seagal straights? Dark Road. Yeah, Dark Road that Sony had to go down because <laughs> they're having trouble with Spider-Man. Movies. It was Dark Road, and then the rest was in parentheses. <laughs> Very like, small. There's an asterisk at the bottom <laughs> under the written by. <laughs> Meet Nico. He's a cop with an attitude. Meet Sony. <laughs> It's a studio that can't put together a good <laughs> Spider-Man movie. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Like, it's not good, but it's a, it's a, it's actually was a like again. I could have died on my couch watching it. All right, I would have been cool with that. Yeah, I'd have been fine. Actually, that's a great meter. That's a fantastic meter for movies. If you die in the middle of it. Do you die okay? Yeah, I don't need to see the end. Or do you die regretful? Yeah. Yeah. Like how do 
is your last thought. Ah, fuck. Ah, knock, I'm, gonna, I'm never going to see how it ends. Or is I wasted my last 45 minutes on the new Melissa McCarthy movie. Or is it, oh, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I like Tom Hardy. He's all right. <laughs> it's no Fury Road, but whatever. All right. So uh, what have you seen lately has lasted for half this podcast, which is great. Because uh, I prepared so little for uh, the uh, main conversation. Well, we're really dragging out this content. Yeah, we are. Uh, here's my here's my proposed conversation. Oh God, we 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 got more. Well, I was thinking about this. Were you? Yeah, for a few minutes. Okay. My wife and I were talking. About <laughs> sure. Because we heard a song that we hear all the time. Yep. Uh, we listen to a college radio station. Okay. Uh, it's eighty-eight point five KCSN Southern California Rock. Oh, you could stream it if you're interested to listen to what I listen to uh, when I don't want to have to make like a firm choice. Okay, and so what's that station again for the listeners? 88.5 KCSN Southern California Rock. It's a uh, it's a public radio station funded by listeners. Just uh, like you. Collegiate. Yeah, just like me. (laughs) It's just like me. I am Southern California Rock. Um, but they played this song that you hear on, uh, all the, sh- you know, the, the cool thing about 88.5 is they play a lot of new stuff that you don't know about, but they play, when they play old stuff, it's like out of the usual corporate rotation. Uh, but every now and then you get one, you know, right. they will play your classic corporate selection. Yeah. Of, of like a Tom, yeah. Pe- they yeah. will play, uh, what's the Tom Petty song that they all play? Uh, free fallen, free fallen. They will play Free Fallen, but not that's very on often. My, that's on my skydiving uh, VHS videotape. It, it's on everyone's skydiving yeah. VHS videotape. Uh, and will remain that way. Yeah. Even now the, that you get it, should, it. I'd change nothing. You get it digitally now, but yeah. it still has the same two songs. I would change nothing. Yeah, you got Jump and Free Fallen, uh-huh. and that's it. Uh, smart, like, those are great artists, you know? Like, everybody leans on Christmas, but those motherfuckers thought about skydiving. Uh-huh. Like getting money again and again because people yep. want to skydive. Yep. That's smart. You get that skydiving money. So uh, so anyway, so they play, you know, like you, you don't hear uh, like money by Pink Floyd. You, yeah. you hear some other random thing. But then every now and then you will. And this this we heard, uh, is it Simple Minds? Uh, the Don't You Forget About Me. Right. Uh, the song from The Breakfast Club. Yeah, Breakfast Club song, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Hill and I started talking and we're like, so, Which ghost dancing would be the song I would probably uh, think that that'd be like maybe a track they would play instead. Oh, oh yeah, from that band, yeah, yeah. sure, sure, uh, and they do, they yeah. do play stuff like that. But anyway, so they played this, and Hill and I like it's one of those because like Free Fallen by Tom Petty, Hill can't listen to that shit anymore, and she loves Tom Petty. Oh yeah, we've, no, seen, no, it, we, no, we've seen Tom Petty together in concert several times. Yeah, it's and just it's, too much. You don't want to hear that song anymore. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, Don't You Forget About Me is a song that's overplayed, yep. I think. Uh, yep. And I, I don't get sick of it. I, I still enjoy it. It's, it's a, good a good fucking song. song. And yeah. it does get you, and it, it gets me nostalgic about yeah. The Breakfast Club. And I always yeah. see Judd Nelson putting yeah. his fist in the air and freeze frame and all that. Yeah. You know, and I see, I see the Declaring movie. Declaring victory over yeah. nothing. I see Carl. Uh, I see uh, uh, the dean of students. I see everything. I yeah. see Emilio Estevez. Yeah. I see everybody, uh, you know, doing their thing. When I hear the song, and Un- but also unvaccinated Emilio Estevez, unvaccinated. Yeah, can't do the Mighty Ducks anymore. Fucking Mighty Ducks. Why have you called me? I'm fully vaxxed. I just got a booster. Um, 
I don't. No, I can't ice skate. Fuck off. You'll learn. I'll learn. That's how we learn. Can, Emilio, you, can you roller skate? Emilio eventually learned to act. I will eventually learn to ice skate. If you can roller skate, you can ice skate. I can, I can ice I've ice skated before. Okay. It's just I'm not, you know. Well, you're not a hockey. You're a hockey guy. And my ankles are probably very brittle. Oh, your ankles age. have got to be the brittlest. They're <laughs> they're waiting to break. <laughs> like they're like bird bones. <laughs> hollow. <laughs> they are hollow. My bones are like Easter chocolate bunnies. <laughs> hollow and disappointing. Hollow and disappointing. Uh, anyway, so we were we were talking about this and like, is it the song? You know, in the song is really good. And did the song like buoy yeah. the movie? I mean, because John Hughes is a particular case because he, you know, curated his music so particularly and had music made for his movies and found the bands that he wanted. But is it the movie that elevates the song and makes us want to keep listening to it? Or is it the song that sort of elevates the movie and makes us remember the movie in such a way that we want to watch the movie again? And I, I really admire um, like your uh, brave choice of taking so long to get to that point. Mm-hmm. I've been drinking whiskey and smoking <laughs> weed. Okay, well, actually, so that's pretty concise. So I was just, yeah, I was just working it out out loud. But I want to be clear, right. like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to leave anything out. Can I start? Yeah, go. Okay, so the first song that jumps into my head mm-hmm. is uh, Boys Are Back in Town, 48 Hours. Okay. So let's take both of these cases and discuss. Because Boys Are Back, that song yeah. also gets used a lot. Yeah. And but I, specifically 48 Hours is where it sticks I, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And But does that, do you still like that song? I've never liked that song. I hate that song. <laughs> but. So that's. But. But, yeah. But it's staying power. Okay. So that's probably an example of a movie, who, a, a song whose staying power is due to its movie. Is that what you're saying? It's not just the movie. It's also, I think in, in this particular case, it's. And maybe I'm wrong because I don't know if. I, I don't know historically if that song had been used prior to 48 Hours in a movie. Um, but it but, was, but it existed before the movie. Yeah, but the movie I think, used but I think Forty Eight Hours is what put that song on the map culturally, like pop culture uh, wise, and that's what led to it getting used a lot more, and and as a result, being stuck right in pop culture memory. Right, but but you don't like it. But I you do, do not. like, but you do like the Simple Mind song. I do. So. Then the same question for that. But but I think the difference is is like, and this is also like an age thing because you know, you know we're we're old and useless. So we grew up in the eighties. You know we were in the, we were in a, like junior high high school when Simple Minds were on the radio. Right, right. And so you know, uh, I I specifically remember hearing that song on the radio before I heard it in Breakfast Club. Or in Forty Eight Hours. Oh, you mean Simple Minds? Simple Minds. The Simple uh, Minds. Uh, yeah, Simple Minds. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I did too. So, but I, I, I didn't see Breakfast Club was so, the last time so, I saw it yeah, in the theater so, either. Yeah. So for me, it was a. Uh, I can't remember if I saw Breakfast Club in the theater or not. It was so, rated R. I was not allowed. Yeah. So, uh, so for me, that was like the period. You know, in. It's. I think it's also you know a, a, a an age thing as well. It's like when we were growing up. 
you would normally like a song if it was like a like a rock band song or you know a pop a pop band song you know like the simple minds you would have heard that song on the radio before it showed up in a movie mhm as opposed to now where things are released so in such a simultaneous fashion and like a more kind of curated marketing fashion that uh, you might actually hear the song in the movie first. That's true. But like, I feel like there's so few movies, the breakfast club, John Hughes in particular, but the eighties, you know, overall movies would curate an entire soundtrack of original pop songs. Yeah. Would, that's not something that happens anymore. No, it's usually the one, it's one song. It's the, maybe there's the, one. Maybe there's yeah. one, the signature song. It's almost more like a James Bond kind of yeah, yeah. thing where it's like, you know, not the title song, but it's like, this is the song that we're promoting with the movie. Right. Um, but uh, but in the case of kind of the premise you put forth for uh, this podcast, I think definitely uh, the movie 48 Hours enhanced the song. That's true. After the fact, the example I was thinking of when you brought that up is uh, my son, Colby, there's two soundtracks he listens to all the time. And yeah. they're both uh, old songs. Uh, there's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Uh, and there's Baby Driver. Oh, okay. Yeah. And those two soundtracks have really stuck with him. And he loved the movies. Yeah. So he loved Guardians, of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he's fine with the second one. He's fine with it. I think we're all fine with it. And he's, he likes the soundtrack it's too. It's fine. It's fine. It's not as good. It's it's unfortunate Chris Pratt's probably a white supremacist, but the second one's fine. The second one's fine. This has to be made clear. We have a serious Nazi problem in the United States oh, of America. Oh, an extremely serious <laughs> and, Nazi problem. And if you think for a second that some of our movie stars aren't Nazis, you're wrong. Yeah. Some of our most beloved movie stars are fucking Nazis, and you have to recognize that and accept that. We cinematically and uh, yeah. just nationally, we need to get back to the original Raiders of the Lost Ark, where we punch Nazis, punch Nazis. all the time. And movies were better back then. It seemed lazy. Of course the Nazis are bad guys. It seemed yeah. lazy yeah. at the time. But now we know that that's a message that needs to exist Every year, maybe every month. One of the greatest the cinemas. film lines, pieces of dialogue in film of all time. Nazis. I hate, I hate these, these guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> so my kid loves these two soundtracks that have been soiled by white supremacy <laughs> and uh, rape. Uh, so the, but they're good, nice light podcast. Yeah. But good. they're fun movies. They're fun, light, fun movies. That's the yeah. funny thing about them. It is fun. Uh, it's just one has the potential white supremacists and one has an absolute 100% rapist in it. <laughs> uh, irrefutable rapist, <laughs> like way beyond Woody Allen guys. Uh, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> it's not good. Who also has to give Netflix $31 million. Yeah, you dumbass. Uh, you fucking loser. Uh, uh, anyway. Can't uh, wait for your next YouTube. <laughs> can't wait for your YouTube fireside chat for 2021, you piece of shit. St- stop molesting fucking gingers, you fucker. This is personal. Anyway, uh, so, but these soundtracks are great and they're curated by, 
good filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I like James Gunn, another controversial guy, but that's just because he says dumb things. Uh, and then uh, uh, Edgar Wright, who um, mostly is pretty great, I think. Yeah, I think uh, he's mostly controversy free. Yeah, he's con- like controversy free, except for the Kevin Spacey well, element okay. of, of Baby Driver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but like his. Yeah, he's controversy free, uh, and his movies—I would say for the most part—his output's very good. Yes, like, I like I, his I, most mediocre movies, like uh, the World's End uh, and this most recent Last Night in Soho. Is that what it's I called? haven't seen that yet? These are movies that I—I I, I don't think they're very good. I mean, I for him. They're right. They're below. They're right. Not that's, as good that's as a, his... that's the thing when you say like, oh, this. I think this is a mediocre Edgar Wright movie. That's still a much better movie yeah, than yeah. almost every other movie. I would say Edgar Wright is a filmmaker. It's kind of being a dick. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of it's totally being Edgar Wright. It's just one of your more mediocre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies. yeah but it's, it's totally yeah. Enter- they're entertaining movies, and yeah. and I like them. Um, um, and he's I guess like when I think about it, like he's the closest thing I have to a, you know, some people love. Wes Anderson or Paul Thomas Anderson uh, or... Which is odd that your name is Todd Anderson, but you don't really like either of those I don't guys. really care for their films. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, they both have movies Unless that, they're casting. Hello. Yeah, you can call... I'll work with anybody. Like, like Brian Cox, just like Brian Cox. I've made it 100% clear at this point that I will work with anybody for fucking scale. All right, so... <laughs> That said, I really just want to see you in a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> like, what? If I walked into a room, Wes Anderson would immediately be put off of me. I have a, sh- I have a shot at a Paul Anderson. Movie. <laughs> I think I have a shot. I think I have a shot. You know, because I, I like the Valley too. Yeah. You know, so maybe we, you know, would bond on that level. Yeah. But I, I don't think Wes Anderson and I, like, I don't think he would find. Oh, he would not like you. No, he wouldn't like me at yeah. all. No, he with, wouldn't. With good cause. <laughs> not saying he was wrong. <laughs> we are way off the rails. What like, point were you making? I like Bottle Rock and Rushmore. That's, they're good. Uh, no, the point I was making uh, was uh, about these curated soundtracks that have... Uh, oh, God, this is the longest content. I know. Well, you keep getting me off on tangents. Oh, I'm sorry. You let me focus. Right. Oh, yeah. I got to let the guy who's high and drunk focus. <laughs> okay. Then my fault. My bad. All I was saying is Colby has latched onto some songs from these movies, these old songs... The and and uh, Deadpool. That's the other one that he's latched onto because he loves Juice Newton, and I listen to Juice. Oh, it's Newton. got Guns and Roses. He grew up listening to Juice Newton because I listen to Juice Newton. Right. I like Juice Newton. Okay. Uh, and I'm not ashamed of that at all. All right. All right. And uh, he did not care about Juice Newton until he heard it in Deadpool, and now he loves Juice Newton. All right. So I don't know. So that's the movie that enhanced the Juice Newton song. So I think that these movies that he loves have enhanced these old songs that I'm nostalgic about that now I get to sing along with with my son, and that's cool. Okay, but... But But I think that's the movies and not the songs. Right, but I think we're, like, off, like, the topic a little bit because I thought thought we were thinking of, like, specific songs. Mm Mm-hmm. We were, but I you started talking about this other thing, and oh, it made me think of this. God, wait—that's how conversations work. I've got another one. Okay, I have others. Uh, 
here here's 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 an example. Again, this is from our youth, mm-hmm. uh, our long ago, uh, misspent and no longer accessible youth. I'm pretty sure I was drunk the whole time then. Too. Okay, uh, but uh, uh, this is the another. This is the example of. Uh, the song making the movie. Okay. And I'm going to say it's Flashdance. Oh, fuck yeah. Because Flashdance is a movie Cara, is terrible. Irene Cara made three movies. Okay, that's such a good example. I'm a Irene Cara lover. I yeah. love Irene Cara. Fame is not a great movie. Nope. Fame, the song is awesome. Yes. And it makes you yes. want to watch the movie. Yes. And the movie's fucking depressing. And then you're like, how come this movie isn't like the song? <laughs> The song is so good, it makes me want to be famous. <laughs> this movie makes me want to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then, which one of you is lying to me? Uh, well, uh, that's the song. Yeah. And then the only good part of DC Cab <laughs> is Irene Cara. One, her cameo, and two, her song. And then, as you said, flash yeah, dance. Flash, yeah. flash dance is flash dance is a music montage of a fucking movie. Yeah, and, and that's, the only reason you want to see it is because I really care. Song of the is song. awesome. Yeah, what a the feeling! Song is fucking amazing. Flash dance in parenthesis before yeah. what a feeling. That's bold, right? Yeah. If you start your song title with parenthesis, like the movie's flash dance. That's kind of like what I'm feeling. contractually <laughs> obligated to mention this shit movie that my awesome song is anchoring. <laughs> Irene Cara saved so many in, movies. In the 80s. That was, uh, yeah, easy. But easy. if they didn't know what to do with the property, they turned to Irene Cara. <laughs> yeah, like, we got nothing here, Irene. I guarantee you, gotta, you, you have a song. I guarantee you halfway through the shooting. <laughs> halfway through the shooting, like the coked up executives were just yeah. like, what are we going to do? Get Irene Cara out of the horn. <laughs> halfway through DC Cab. Joel Schumacher and the studio execs are looking through the dailies and the studio execs are looking at him like, what? Who's Bill Maher? And he went, I I don't know. Have you guys talked to Iron Care about, about doing a song yet? <laughs> something about that guy rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> and I'm not politically affiliated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's an important point. So we've hit the Irene Cara thing. Here's, all right, here's a song that I love. And I don't know if I love the song or because the first time I heard it was in the movie. Oh, boy. All right. And it's one of my favorite songs. It's in my top ten. Okay. Uh, it's by the Pointer Sisters. Oh, shit. I know exactly where you're going. All right. What is it? I'm going to, I'm going to say Neutron. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is in the first action sequence in Beverly Hills Cop. So you yes. get the awesome opening yeah. where Eddie Murphy's going, $5,000, read my lips, 5000 And you're already laughing. You're like, this fucking guy knows the streets and he knows how to handle the idiots and he's fucking funny. And then there's cigarettes and then the cops show up and then the chase happens. And it's a chase with a train truck. Yeah. That's what you call those. Yeah. Train trucks with the two cars sure yeah and then all the cop cars and then it's the neutron dance yeah and then and the way uh martin breast who's the dp on that Shit, did martin breast do his own dp i do not was, i have to look I, it up and i'm not gonna do it now but whatever the like the heat coming off the street yeah. you see the 
the truck weaving around and it's just such a good accent sequence. But then it's got this awesome pointer sister song. That's just like, it's like you're watching a fun dance. You're like, yeah. Oh, we're on a fun adventure. It's like the fun adventure that I, I was talking about uh, uh, with you before. Yeah, it's, no, you it, love fun adventures. It's, it's all about, well, we were talking about the James Bond movie right. off, off mic. And I was like, it's fun. Like an old James Bond movie. Um, and we said that in the last episode too, but, all I'm saying is such a good action sequence, and I love that song. And what's what's amazing about that particular sequence is the song itself has nothing to do with the action. No, it's zero. It's nothing. But it's kind of it's like the cadence and the pace of it. But it's got a working class vibe. I mean, the, yeah. the song is about it's a working class song about uh, uh, like fucking getting out there and doing it despite the fact that the deck is entirely yeah. stacked against yeah. you and you cannot succeed. Yeah. So I'm going to do this anyway. Um, and that's, what's so awesome about the song. And, and because, you know, you got Axel Foley in the back of the truck and it's, and, and it's I, gritty and it's, I know, think that's, I think that's an feeling. example though, of kind of like, like, uh, you know, to use, uh, the business term synergy, mm-hmm. uh, that's the synergy between the song and the movie. I don't think one is necessarily elevating the other, I think they just both, you know, for the particular period of time and moment, they just worked perfectly together. Yeah, I agree. I just wonder, like, if if there was no Beverly Hills Cop and there was only the Neutron Dance, would I still love would Neutron the Neutron Dance, Dance have been a big a hit, as big a hit? And, and would I still be clinging on to it? Mm-hmm. it? Like, let's imagine that the Neutron Dance was as big a hit. I don't, you know, movie. that's the thing. I don't know if it would have been as big a hit, but I think it would still stick with you because it's it's good. It's such a danceable song. Yeah. It's such a good, tight, danceable song that it, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a you know perfect kind of like you know pop dance. Uh, the Pointer Sisters, yeah. man. Yeah, it's Pointer Sisters. What are you going to do? They're so fucking good. Actually, the Synergy thing, so uh, this is one of the songs I was thinking about. This is a song that I love. By the way, the Synergy thing is the name of my new think tank, (laughs) my tech think tank. (laughs) So sign up. You can sign up for it. Stephen J. Skelton.com. Yeah, we're doing investors in Bitcoin only. (laughs) Uh, So everything's untraceable. There's also a course on uh, collectibles with a, a high turnaround rate. <laughs> um, I'll, po- uh, I'll post my Venmo. <laughs> so one of the songs from a movie that I love that I listen to, and, it, and it's a sad song. It's it's one of those sad songs. Oh, they, right. sad know, song, like, sad song. I listen to the sad song mm-hmm. and and be like, oh, I'm sad. Yeah, yeah but in a good way, you know. Like, I get this. Okay. Uh, is the song, I think it's called Falling Gently uh, by Glenn's Harlecar, uh if, from the movie Once, uh, which oh, is like yeah, technically yeah. a musical, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a musical that isn't really a musical because, you know, they don't just break into the song. They always like sit, they're musicians yeah, and yeah, sit yeah. down. So it's like. But, a, it was, but they did that. It was a hybrid kind of. Yeah, thing. it's a yeah, sneaky yeah. musical. Yeah, it's a sneaky musical. musical. So the it's music is. The, th- the movie's about the music, but. Like how much like that song, the emotional sort of uh, a narrative of that song is heartbreaking and matches the movie sort of perfectly yeah. within three minutes. Um, but I, I listen to that song and I, I love that song independent of the movie and I, I love the movie, too. So where in the movie once 
is this is it the song is it perfect synergy or is well, the once, song I think better it's than an, the movie it's an example or? of a synergy too because it's like it's once is almost more like the music of once it's so integrated into the movie mm-hmm. across the board not just the song that one song you're talking about but uh, but the whole thing yeah yeah that i think it is it's kind of a, a, a that kind of a synergy and i think i have another example that i i think maybe we could close out on okay. which is more uh even a more modern it's even though it's still like 10 years old um, <clears throat> movie of is not just a song, but it's the soundtrack that I think actually makes the movie because the movie is just as mediocre as ultimately as the original movie. It's a sequel to, mm. and I'm talking about the uh, Daft Punk soundtrack to Tron Legacy. Oh God, yeah, but that's not a song. That's a score. That's a totally. It's a score, but totally I, I'm I'm you know, but it, we're like in an hour of content, so I'm trying to no, wrap no, it up. You're trying to wrap it up. I'm trying to wrap it up with kind of like a big, large thing. Um, that's they're, they're not actual songs, but it is a score. But they're I was the gonna album wrap it is full of individual songs. So I was going to wrap it up with something a little different, and it's going to be a little bit controversial. Given okay, but uh, but I'll just say that you know that's uh. Uh, uh, an an integration of film and score that is it's a, it's rare. A, yeah, I agree. I also think that the Tron Legacy score and soundtrack, which it is, because it's, it's like pretty a pop, awesome. It's, it's a, a great score. album. It's so good to listen it's to so while you're driving, driving, or if you want to write or focus or, or on just stuff, go on a walk so and that. feel awesome yeah. while you're going on a walk. It, it just, just it's just good. Just let that first track where Jeff Bridges talks for a minute. Roll and then you're good. But the score like acts as an entire song that's way better than its movie. Yeah, like it, yeah, it, that, no, that, it it's it's the it enhances the movie. Yeah. The movie is not, eh, it's it is what it is. But the score yeah. it's woven in so well that it enhances and it, it lifts the movie. I probably only remember the existence of Olivia Wilde because of the, of the Tron Daft Punk Tron. Because when I hear Tron it, I think of Olivia yeah. Wilde. She's very very pretty. Yes. Um, I actually like Olivia Wilde. I don't know why. I, I liked her uh, book smart movie. Um, but All I right. picture got- her face when I hear Tron. No, no. Um, okay. You gotta, so I was going to end with this song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, and it's got layers to it. Oh. Are you going to sing a little bit? No. Um, but the, the, the song is Ghostbusters and the movie is <laughs> Ghostbusters. And Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? The song is Ghostbusters. Right. The movie is Ghostbusters. Okay. Have you seen the movie Ghostbusters? I've heard of it. Yeah. It's about these guys who bust ghosts. Ah, yes. Now I remember. There are these ghosts who are causing trouble. Ah, they're causing trouble. And right, then the guys right, go out and right, bust right, them right, like they're right, cops. They're, right. they're ghost cops. Ghost cops. But they're not. We wrote a script called right. Ghost Cop. Yeah, different, different. Different premise. Different. Much stupider. <laughs> We were told to. I know. It wasn't our it choice. Was a, it was a choice we made to further our careers. And it it our careers did not further. Nope. Nope. So ultimately a waste of time. Yeah. Anyway, Ghostbusters. Anyway, Ghostbusters. So that question, that simple question, does the song elevate the movie mm. or does the movie elevate the song? And given that the song was found by our American courts, which are totally fair and hundred oh, yeah. percent. Oh okay. no! If yeah, you, all you gotta do is look at recent court footage. But they found for Huey Lewis. 
in the lawsuit right, that's right. against Ray, Ray Parker, Parker Jr., the courts found that Huey Lewis was correct and I want a new drug is the same song as Ghostbusters with different lyrics. And if you listen to them back to the back, that's absolutely right. The yeah. courts, uh, that was justice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that said, do you think that this song, because they still play that song on the radio. Yeah. If you hear it, if someone does it at karaoke, you sing along. Uh, if you, Everybody knows the song Ghostbusters. Even I, people who haven't seen the movie know the song Ghostbusters. So, and they know it's connected to a movie, but they may not, you know, so which elevated which? I think it might have bumped Ghostbusters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think the Ray Parker Jr. song would have been forgotten if Ghostbusters the movie hadn't been good. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, hadn't been a classic comedy. Like if it, you know, if it had been, you know, Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but eh, that's not fair. I actually kind of like Ghostbusters 2. There's actually a lot of funny shit in Ghostbusters 2. I think Ghostbusters 2 is unfairly maligned, quite honestly. I think uh, Ghostbusters Ladies, what what is that one I think called? it's called Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Yeah. That's what they call it. I think that's yeah. unfairly maligned yeah. as well. So, but I, I think, I, I think if... Uh, you know, Ghostbusters hadn't been a good movie, hadn't been a fun, funny movie, then the song, you know, would have disappeared with Ghostbusters. Well, and it was, again, another song that was yeah. made for the Exactly. Movie. But I think simply because, I, I think it helped. And again, we're talking about the 80s, you know, our childhood growing up when uh, we didn't have the internet for word of mouth. It was kind of radio. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why songs like signature songs were attached to movies yep, to get them on the radio and to get people to go see the movie. And so I think that's you know, that's exactly what the Ghostbusters song was. And uh, and so it also became kind of a pop culture hit um, yeah, because, you know, it was very smartly in that kind of like, you know, uh, beat range that 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 light danceable kind of beat range. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could just put it on and everybody could dance to it. Um, even the white people, even the white people. Uh, so I think that's what was smart about that song. And so I think, I think they, they buoyed each other quite on. So I, that was synergy. Yeah. I think again, synergy. So me. would ghostbusters exist? Like it's popularity. It would I, exist. That's, but it would its staying power exist without, without ghostbusters. That's Therefore, interesting. is Huey Lewis really the reason that Ghostbusters mm. uh, exist? That's the ultimate question. That's the ultimate question. If that song had never been used to promote the movie, would the movie still be a pop culture uh, and mainstay? As, as long as we're on Huey Lewis, before we wrap up, I mean, Power of Love. Power of Love. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Hell yes. Hell Yes. I mean, Huey Lewis powered some fucking movies. Yeah. He's, he was the male Irene Cara yeah. of the 80s. Can you imagine if Huey Lewis and Irene Cara had teamed up to maybe do like do like a song for, I don't know, like Waterworld? Oh, Jesus. Could have been a whole different story. Wait, are you being ironic? Did that happen? No, I'm saying what if. Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. And we can't turn back time. We Yeah. We can't. No. Huey Lewis can't. Do that stuff anymore. Anyway, Irene Carab might be able to. Yeah, maybe she could talk to Huey Lewis and get like his. Maybe input. they could. Maybe Irene Carab could do a song for the Dune sequel. 
help that out. I might go see it. If Irene Cara does a song for the Dune sequel, I'll have no choice but to watch Dune 2, Boring Dunes. <laughs> no choice. Jesus. If your whole reason for making a sequel to a movie is to get me to see it, even though I didn't like the first one. Can I get Iron Carrot to do the song? Iron Carrot or Huey yeah. Lewis. I saw a shirt, a t-shirt that said, no Huey, <laughs> no news, <laughs> no thanks. And that's what I want for Christmas. All right, everybody. Uh, that's been this episode of The Bacon. Uh, Steve Skelton, do you have anything to plug? Do you want I, people to... What, what would I have to plug? It's you a have... pandemic and I work at home. You, well, you have a robot. I work from people home. People could buy your, uh, kid, your yeah, kid robot. Yeah, if you have a child from like 5 to 10, I work on a robot called Moxie. And if you got a, a chunk of money to uh, to throw at a robot uh, that can do fun activities with your kid, go to embody.com. Robots. Get get Moxie, you stupids. It's a, right. it's a robot. You talk to it. All right. The last job I had uh, for my career was Be Positive, and that's available uh, on CBS Plus. And Isn't that Paramount who, Plus now? Is it Paramount Plus? Yep. Yeah, sorry. Paramount Plus. It was CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. Now it's Paramount Plus. Jesus, you got to get your shit straight. Whatever. It's a Chuck Lorre show. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Probably be the last thing I appear in. Before, before you die on your couch. Of something to do with my prostate. Ew. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>